welcome to today's edition of the Bradley Hall Show. I am your host, the Bradley Hall. First, I just wanted to say thank you. Whether you're watching or you're listening, we certainly appreciate your support. We'd like to ask you for your help to please share on social media and with someone you know that that um, may be interested. For more information on what I do and how to work with me, please visit my website at www.thebradleyhall.com. I am here with fellow NPE and my friend, Hope LaMonica. Welcome, Hope. Thank you, Bradley. Yeah, thank you for your patience. Okay, so I, we, we don't script anything, right? We haven't talked about this at all. I have no clue. <laughs> I'm kind of nervous. Oh, don't, no, 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 no. And I, I like it to be this way. I like to have organic conversation. And you and I have never really talked about your MPE experience. No, we haven't. And we haven't. So I, I know a little bit, but I don't know a whole lot. So this is, uh, this is good. This will be like a fact-finding uh, mission for me. So do you want to start by sharing a little bit about your story? Sure. Um, so let's see. I guess I, when I hear so many of our stories, they're so similar that we weren't exactly looking for anything. I wasn't looking for anything except my story tracks back to, I went to Tanzania on a mission trip back in 2009. And while I was there, the African people, I asked them, um, you know, what tribe? Cause they would tell everyone what tribe or they would talk about what tribe they were from. And they said, so well, they if they would talk, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I mean, I do mean to cut you off, but I apologize for doing so. Uh, so you, you mean the tourists that they would talk about the tourists and they would tell them who they look like and what tribe they were from? Is that what you mean? Right, right. So actually, wow, that's fascinating. On a, yeah, our particular trip that we went on, there were 12 of us, um, nine um, Caucasian and three African Americans. So okay. we were very much wanted to see like, is this where our ancestors walked the ground? Sure. So, um, and so they told me, they said, well, you were Congo or Cameroon, like you're one of those two. Okay. Okay, that's, that's interesting. So um, speed up to four years ago, I, um, one of my friends had did an ancestry test and she was adopted and she had posted her results on Facebook and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do this. I've been wanting to find out where I'm from. Let's let's do it. So I took the test, got it, spit in the tube, mailed it off to Ancestry. And what year was this? And 2000, what year are we at? Uh, are we I at? don't even know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel like I'm stuck in 2020. Um, 2007, exactly. <laughs> 2017. Okay. I think 18, 19, 20, 2018, 2018, I did my test. So I kept checking, you know, they would send emails that they got your tests and they had extracted the data. And so it finally came up. It was like, oh, your test results are in. And I was so excited. Um, I'll never forget. My oldest daughter was home visiting with my, um, my mother-in-law. 
they were both here. And so we're looking at the results and sure enough, it came back that I was Cameroon and Congo. Were, wow. So I was like, I was like wow, cool. they, that was pretty cool. So they got it. They got that part right. So um, I really wasn't even thinking about looking at the matches because it pops up. Oh, yeah. here, you know, look at these matches. So I was like, oh, oh, this is kind of cool. So let me see if some of my cousins or aunts had taken the test. Um, so I clicked on the button, it said matches. And the first one that comes up, um, anyone that's done DNA tests knows that um, it goes by centimorgans. And the higher the centimorgan, the closer the match is to you. Um, so the person that came up to me was over 3,000 centimorgans. And it said that they were either a parent, um, a child, or like a twin. It was something like crazy. Yeah. yeah. So like, I, for people who don't know, I mean, 3000 centimorgans is a lot. That's a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like going, okay, I haven't had a child and I don't think I have any siblings that, you know, I don't know about. I have one older brother. And so I reached out to the person. I sent them a, you know, you can message them. And I sent them a message. Well, at that time, I didn't know it was a he. And it just had like the screen name. And so I said, hi, I introduced myself. I said, we came up as a really high match and I'm trying to figure out, you know, how we're connected. So he started asking me um, if I knew any of his family names. And I'm like, no, I don't know any of those names. And he asked me if I would, you know, where I was from. And I said, well, I was born in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and my mom's name was Lillian, and my dad's name is Wheeler. And he goes, I don't want to cause you any pain. I think I know what this is. And I was like, okay. Um, he was living in Guam at the time, and so he had asked me if I could call him or he could call me back um, you know, there was a time difference and he was at work. And so I was like, sure. And so I went about my day and I was, you know, nervous, like going, okay, what is this man going to call and tell me? Um, so he calls and, you know, I pick up, he calls on my home phone, not my cell phone because um, of the, you know, the charges or whatever. And um he says, you know, hi, my name is Melvin. Um, and there's not an easy way to say this, but I'm your biological father. Wow. And so I grew up as a army brat um, with my mom and my dad uh, for like my entire life. And so I'm like, what do you mean you're my biological father? My dad lives in Oklahoma. Um, now, are, you, are your parents still together? Uh, my mom passed away in, yeah, 2005. And then my dad passed away probably six, I found out July uh, 7th, um, 2018. It's been four years. Yeah, I just celebrated four years. Okay. So and he, he passed away in February after I found out. Okay. Did you did you ever have a conversation with him about it? 
I did. I did. So that was a whole process. So after I sat, I talked to Melvin for about three hours um, that night as he explained to me um, that he was in the military in the Air Force and he didn't know that my mom was married. And okay. they dated for about three weeks. And he kind of figured out that she wasn't the right woman for him and that she had called to tell him that she was pregnant. Oh, so, yeah. So, so this he, wasn't a complete shock to him. No, he always knew wow. that the co-part of this is he always knew that he had a daughter. She called and let him know when she was pregnant and she called and let him know after she had me. Okay. So um, his hope in doing the DNA test would be that one day he would find me. And his family knew, he had told the, all of his family that he had a daughter okay. out there. All right, so many questions. I have so <laughs> many. And I, I, know, I know everyone watching has some questions as well. Uh, and I, and I, I only want you to answer what you feel comfortable answering, right? I mean, this is sensitive stuff. And, and if you're open, you're open. But if you're not, if, if you don't want to answer something, please. I, please I am an open book. You know, I, my hope is that by me sharing my story and you sharing your story, that someone listening, it will help them. Yeah. Yeah. Through this and, process. and we, and we know that it does, don't we? Right. Yes. Yeah. It, I, they all helped me when I found out and, and I've had several people tell me that my stories helped them. And that's what, that's what it's all about. So that's why we're here. All right. So Mel, Melvin's still alive. Melvin is still alive. Yes. Okay. Yes. So did your, do you think your mother wanted to be with him? No. My mother was very promiscuous. So it, it, a lot of people are. Mm -hmm. There's no judgments coming here <laughs> right. whatsoever, especially the more yeah. you're involved with this and you realize this is what people do. And mm -hmm. uh, we cope with life the best we can. And some people do it differently than others. So, yeah. Um, so my, during my process, after I, I found out in July, um, I had to make that decision. Do I ask my dad? Cause I didn't know if he knew because my dad, I was a daddy's girl and he's my daddy and he yeah. was, I was his world and he was my world. And we talked at least three to four times a week. We were really wow. close. We were really close. Um, and I didn't want to hurt him if for some reason he didn't know. And he thought I was his child. And so yeah. I, and made the decision that I was prepared to take this to my grave with me um, okay. and not share this information. And, um, and I'd, I'd, I'd like to stop on that. There are a lot of people who make that decision and it is not an easy decision to make. And we see people, I, I make, I, I'm the opposite. I, I talk about everything to everybody. I, I, I just, um, I mean, if you tell me a secret and tell me not to tell anyone, I won't tell anyone unless you, you know, it's going to hurt right. somebody. But, um, but I'm, I'm pretty open. I'm, I'm very open, but I, and, but I don't, I see a lot of people who either make the decision you made or make the decision I made 
and they they judge and shame other people for that and we, we got to stop doing that because these are personal decisions that are made for intricate reasons. There's so many variables in each equation. There is no blanket decision that can be made in this situation. And so I, I really, and I, I, I teach a lot about personal independence and, and owning your story and not being afraid of the truth and standing up and in, in, in the storm and that all that kind of stuff. But sometimes the best thing for us is making a decision to benefit someone else. Right. And, and only, only you can know that. So I, I, that's my long winded way of commending you for, for making that decision. I'm sure it was not easy. Right. So, and, and it was tough. I mean, I went through, I mean, so first I'm dealing with the whole new identity. Who am I? You know, that when I look in the mirror, I'm not the person who I thought I was. Then I'm wondering, okay, does my dad know? How do I find out if he knows? I don't want to hurt him. So I actually went, um, my dad served 23 years in the military and retired. And I had to write um, for his military records, which is a little bit more difficult because he's still living. Yeah. So there's that release of information or whatever that's called. Um, so I had to call the person once I'd sent the information in and explain to her, um, I said, this is what happened. I took a DNA test and the man that I, my father, I don't know if he knows that I'm not his child. And she's like, I understand. And so she sent me the information. And so it was his DD-214 that told where he had been. And it showed that he was in Korea when I was born. So then I had my friends going that knew they were like, well, maybe he came home on leave and you were conceived during that time. So he thinks, you know, and he just doesn't know. And so I went through that and it's just like, I was really depressed, I cried all the time. It was just just holding on to that was yeah. horrible, horrible. Um, so I finally got the nerve and I called his sister um, and I said, uh, Maddie, I, I said, I have a question for you. I said, what do you know about my birth? And she said that you're not your father's child. Just like that. <laughs> I was like. Oh, it's about time you called. Yeah. And I was just like. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and we talked and she, I guess she thought that I knew and, you know, and I asked her, I said, well, don't say anything to my dad because I don't want to hurt him. Um, and so that was probably about September and then October, um, I get a call from my dad. And he goes, baby, he goes, I need to talk to you. And I was like, okay. He said, um, you know, I love you. You know, you've always been my princess and what I'm gonna say, nothing is gonna change. He goes, I'm not your biological father. And I was like, I know. And, you know, he, 
went through and told me what happened, that he came home. Um, I was born November 23rd and he came home in December. And when he came home, there was this one month old baby in the crib. That he did not know was there. That he did not wow. know was there. Wow. And my mom told him that she, it was, he asked her whose baby it was. And she's like, it's my baby. And he said he grabbed his stuff up. He had just came from Korea, called a cab and was going to leave. And she, he said she stood in front of the car and begged him not to leave. And he said he stayed and he never looked back. And I was his daughter. And he asked her to tell me um, the truth one day. And she never did. And so she took that to her grave. And he didn't feel it was his place to tell me because mm. that was her story. And you were, you were about what, uh, late 30s when your mother passed away? Uh, 2005 yes okay 40 yeah okay. so, I, I so she had plenty she had plenty of time right <laughs> plenty of time to tell me <laughs> lots and lots of time and, yeah and lots then, lots and lots of time we i we've we've had that discussion on this this show a couple times that what is the right time and i i don't know what the right time is i don't you know i, I eight is way too early in my opinion a 12 is probably too early, depending on circumstances. I don't know about 16, but at 18, your excuses start to slide really fast. By the time we've hit 21, there's no excuses anymore. There just isn't. Unless, unless there are mental health issues involved, uh, you know, in, in a case where someone may not be able to, that may be having, struggling mentally uh, with their daily life, and they don't need something like that at the moment. Um, but I, I, I can't, you know, late thirties where she had her chance. Right. Right. Well, and then my dad even told me that he says, you don't even remember. He said, I just, they were both visiting. I just had my daughter and there was something weird about her blood type. And I asked him his blood type and I asked my mom's blood type. And he said, there was no way what your blood type was that I could have been your father. He goes, and I thought you would have figured it out. Yeah. But no, you weren't focused on that. No, he goes, and I asked her to tell you then. And she was like, no, it's not the right time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because most of the time we see that that mothers in this situation are hiding it from both parties. And that's why the, the small lie becomes a big lie which is the way life works. A small one becomes very big and becomes harder and harder and harder to come through with that. It's interesting though, that she had the, were they still married when she died? Yes. Yes. Okay. So he was on her side. He would have sat right there. It's interesting that she chose you. Do you have any insight as to why she, she didn't elect to tell you? No. Other than just maybe she was embarrassed. You think, I don't know. I, I have no, we weren't close. My mom, um, She's, I see now, um, she was very abusive as I was growing up. So now I know, you know, I think it's a little bit easier because I never understood why she treated me the way she did. And so now it's like, I think every time she saw me, she saw what she had did. It faced yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. That's the interesting thing about 
abuse and, and everybody's fighting a battle, you know, and people who are the worst are probably have had the worst, not always, but, um, so that, that's too bad. I'm curious. I, you say you didn't have a very good relationship with her anyway. So <clears throat> how do you feel about it right now that she didn't tell you? Have you resolved that yet? I did. I did. I actually, um, after my dad um, passed away um, in February, he um, backtracked. He knew I had found my biological father and encouraged me to meet him. Um, and then he got sick and then he passed away. And so I went to, um, to vote. There's graves are together and I went to the grave and I just told her that I forgave her. I forgave them both um, for keeping that from me, um, that God knew when I needed to find that information out. There was some time, you know, I went through a ugly divorce and some things, um, just different problems. And I think he knew when I was gonna be strong enough to be able to face the news that I was gonna get. You know, in my twenties or my thirties, I I wasn't ready. I don't know what I would have done, you know, to be dealing with some other heart, you know, some abuse. I was in an abusive marriage. And so then to to face that also would have not been healthy or good. Yeah, I can I can certainly I can certainly see that, especially if your relationship with your your daddy was strong, uh, to disrupt that and and it's it's so easy well people don't understand you know my 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 dad uh and and i discussed this before i i got confirmation and he he supported me through the whole thing is still supports me and we have a great relationship because of uh, i mean because of it or in spite of it i don't know what you want to say but my point is, is it still in the, in the beginning, it disrupted that relationship. It gave, there's that, that mental feeling like I really don't belong here. And so if I don't belong here, what am I doing here? And not that I ever questioned my relationship with him, but there's, is that, is that something you went through as well? Did you, I mean, did you question your relationship with the man that you call dad at all? I didn't question um, my relationship with him. I think I went through periods where um, I questioned my relationship. Like, you know, hard to say. I mean, amazing man, amazing man that would take someone else's child and raise them. Yeah, agreed. You know? It's exactly then, what my dad did. Exactly. He came home right. from Vietnam. Right. And I was, I was born uh, nine months of the day after that was, that yeah. was the, uh, you know. the excuse used, but um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Right so just you. to know, and, you know, and I, you know, and trying not to be angry at him for not telling me, you know, yeah. so I battled with that a lot. Like, you know, this is man who, treated me better than people treat their own blood children, you know? Yeah. And yeah. then, 
gave me the world and was my literally my best friend. My dad was my best friend. Yeah. And so to have those two sides, the anger and the love. Yeah. And that's where, that's where rationale has to come in. It sounds to me, I, I don't know, you know him better than I do, but it sounds like he was worried about disrupting your relationship with each other that may be changing permanently. And I, I'm sure that was terrifying. I can't, I'm sure it was terrifying. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And that was, you know, where I made that decision, like, I don't want to change our relationship, yeah. you know, and then, and then my daughters were like, don't tell him, you know, you're going to run everything. If he knows this, you know, cause they found out, I mean, you know, I told them of course, and they had to go through their own process of it. So everyone, you know, it's weird. Everyone thinks about the other, the people involved, but they don't really think about us and what we're going through. Yeah. If that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I think we do too. We're, we're all concerned about everyone else and how they're going to respond and how they're going to feel. And we forget about us. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's chaos. It's just traumatic chaos. And to hear people say that it's not trauma and they don't understand and, but they're still your dad or you know, what are the, mm-hmm. there's just so much going on. There's so many conflicting emotions. Uh, there's war, you know, there's conditioning, there's potential emotional abuse or physical abuse uh, and the condition, the unhealthy condition that comes with that. There's worried about upsetting everyone. I, I, I tell, I tell the story every once in a while that I was, probably a year in and one day all of a sudden it hit me oh my gosh I didn't ask my sisters how this affects them mm-hmm. I yeah. you know I I was so focused on the main players which myself and my mother and my father and my biological father that I had it just had completely slipped my mind that my sisters now ha- instead of I was no longer their brother I was their half brother and that they're they got to deal with that you know Right. Um, there's just so many pieces and so many variables, which is what makes us so difficult to navigate. And it seems like right, we're about the same on our discovery timeline. I think, I think mine might've been December of 2017. And I got, I, I've got like a bumpy timeline, but I think right. I got my, it's I think the I got age my res- thing. It's the age. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got my results in uh, December of 2017 and confirmation in June of 2018, which, which doesn't make sense, but I'll, I'll tell my story some other time. Um, I, I can see a progressive timeline of my healing from the complete chaos and darkness that that start and the anger that started and then getting into the group MP to the MP friends group on Facebook and, and then the healing process to start. And that's, that's how I've been able to put that MPE experience together because I can see the benchmarks of the, when, when I move beyond something, I move beyond something else. I move beyond something, something else. 
Um, and it seems, it seems like we're kind of in the same place. I mean, have you, have you experienced that as well? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in my case, um, you know, it's just crazy right around the time of my discovery, I got diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder and which was I did too. yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think, I, I think it's stress related. I think it's trauma related. So are, are you getting better with it? Yeah. I'm in, yeah, I'm me in too. Remission, <laughs> remission now. So the farther I get away from it, the better I get from right. it. It's crazy how that happens. It happens. But you know, so I went through that and then my dad getting sick and then eventually passing away. So it was a lot to emotionally, yeah. mentally, it's like, okay, which one do I, do I deal with first, you know? Right. And I think I got so focused on, you know, my dad being sick and having to fly back and forth that I didn't have a lot of time to think about the NPE, being yeah. an NPE and what that looked like. So trying to grieve and my identity and the grieve the loss of my, my daddy all yeah. at the same time was I, you know, going, went through a pretty dark time, you know, and if it, yeah. the NPE group, um, you know, I, I've been there from the start. I think I was member number 12. Wow. Um, <laughs> so that's impressive. I, I was, I think I was like a thousand, like a thousand and twelve or something like that. So that's yeah. impressive. You do you have like you should have like an ID badge or a plaque I know, or something right? as well. <laughs> but yeah, that was just you know googling like what do you do when you take a DNA test and you find out your father's not your father and <laughs> a pops this Facebook group that Catherine had created. So yeah. that's how I found it. But and for people who are listening and don't know what we're talking about, it's a it's a group a sport group on Facebook for people who have encountered this kind of experience. And uh, I, we're 8,300, 8,400 now. Is that yes. correct? Yes. Um, people in this group, Hope's number 12. She's a charter member. Charter member. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what we're going to tell Catherine. You need, you need a plaque that says you're a charter member. Member, right. Uh, and the growth has just been phenomenal. And we know, we know it's just scratching the surface that it's such a small part of the people out there that haven't found the group or, or aren't on Facebook or, you know, yeah. don't talk about it on Facebook. Right. Um, and like you said, talking, I share it's, I don't know, I'm like a parrot. I think I have to tell everybody my story and I'm, you know, just, it's like, Oh, is your dad alive? Or some question they'll ask. And then it's like, well, I can't really say, well, my biological dad's alive, but my dad to rape. And so it's not like an easy yeah. answer. So then I have to tell the whole story and right. it, it, you know, and then it never fails. It's like, oh my gosh, that happened to my friend or that happened to a family member. It happened to me and, you know, being able, and they're like, we didn't know that there was someone else out there. That's right. That understands, you know? Yeah. Yeah. My favorite is uh, family history. Mm -hmm. Oh, or, I don't know which. The, I, I get the short. The doctor. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm just. I'm the short version now. I just don't even. I, I just skip right over it. But I, I, when we talk, when you say about telling your story, there's something really cathartic about telling your story. And I, so I was raised to be very 
to not there there was a lot of unhealthy stuff going on in the background when I was raised and and it's intergenerational trauma handed down and it's we don't talk about our business and you know that it just wasn't a healthy environment and, See, and I thought like that was lot- only in the black household that don't, <laughs> don't you tell what happens in this house <laughs> that's right that's right and I and I think a lot of people our age times are different you know the old the older generation the boomers came their parents didn't talk about anything mm-hmm. you know so a lot of the boomers didn't really talk about anything or talk about as much. So our, our generation is kind of caught in that middle and today's different. I mean, we got podcasts and YouTube and everybody's got their stuff on social media. And I think it's a good thing. So I was raised to not, not tell anybody anything. And I, I remember when, before I realized I had trauma, you know, when I thought I was normal and everybody else in the world was screwed up. Um, I, I, I remember when people would just, they would just vomit their trauma on me. And, and I would think, why in the world is this person telling me this kind of stuff? Right. And now I realize, and I want people, I want people who may think that to realize that it's because they, because they have to talk about it. They're, it it's their healing process. It's healing. It is so healing. Yeah. Yeah. Every and time. the more we can normal talk about it, the more we can normalize it. And we're seeing now as more and more people are talking about, we're finding out that we're all screwed up. So yeah. some people just hide it better than other people. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, and definitely um, social media is, is places like clubhouse and TikTok, you know, and Facebook. Yeah. Everyone's sharing. Like, I think it's so healing, you know, to share your story. Yeah. 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 So uh, we have uh, someone watching from the MP group. Her name's Monica. Give Monica a big shout out here. Hey, Monica. Monica wants to know if you're an only child. I am not an only child. I have a brother who is 12 years older than I am. Um, We're not close, very close, but I just met. He has a daughter who's an MPE that I just found from her doing a DNA test. Wow. And we met for the first time. And I think in May, she messaged me and said, Hey, you're really high, high match. And I'm like, and I'm like, call me. And um, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're my niece. So I got to meet her in July. Okay. And so so had she had your brother, she already contact been in contact with your brother or no, I got to call and tell him that he had a daughter. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So we, yeah. you were like, did everybody look at you and you're like, you're the most qualified here to, to make this phone call. Phone call. And just like, you know, <laughs> she didn't want, I'm like, I'll, I'll call him. So yeah, I've, it's just crazy. I, I, so I, my dad, my, actually my biological dad found a sister, his sister on Ancestry. So I found her and connected them. And so it's every time I turn around, there's someone new coming out. So, and I just want to throw that out there too. Um, I had actually a friend and she's supposed to, to watch tonight and she had someone that's a possible half brother for her. And okay. she was like, why is he calling me? What does he want? And I'm like, you know, it just, if someone, it's not going to be if, 
um, someone reaches out to you after doing a DNA test is when, and just, yeah. you know, give them grace. Um, this is shocking news for them and they just want to know who they are, where they come from, maybe yeah. a little bit of medical history, but it's, they don't want, you know, I can tell you probably 99.5% of the time, it's not about money. It's not about wanting anything. It's about it's, acknowledgement, you know? Yeah. It's just somebody to say, okay, I, I see you. I, I, I recognize you're related to me, you know, and then you can negotiate from there, how you fit in. And I know in, in, in my situation with my biological family, they were very welcoming, very welcoming. It probably didn't hurt that I looked like all of them. Right. You know, I didn't look like anybody growing up. I looked like my, my mother, my mother and my mother's grandfather. But it wasn't enough to, you know, and then I met all these people and I'm like, wow, there's like dozens of them. And I looked so, but they, they were, they were all very welcoming and, and it, it helped so much. And as soon as I got to meet all of them that, and, and, and I don't mean this in a, in a trivial kind of way that eventually the shininess wore off a little bit. I was like, okay, I, I can, I can settle into this a little bit. So there's anxiety that comes with meeting your new family and wanting to connect right. and wanting to find them. And, and that, which is exactly what you were just saying, just give, just give them some space, give them some time and some opportunity. It'll calm down. Right. It, it, it will, it will settle, but this is, this is certainly part of their healing. I want to go back to the, the, the extra DNA discoveries in my new family, my biological father had three siblings and uh, my biological father passed away in 2004. I never got to meet him. And, and two of his other siblings had passed away. And so there was one remaining sibling and thank God I got to meet him before he passed away. He was very ill and I got to go up and meet him. The family really welcomed me in. And when I got out of the car to meet him, I heard him mumble under his breath. Oh my God, you look just like my brother. Now that validation right there. I, he has no idea what kind of an impact that had on me. Right. One of my cousins, so my, my biological father's brother, uh, his daughter, Michelle, uh, she was one of them that welcomed me in, you know, and we, we kind of hit it off on Facebook. I haven't had a chance to meet her because of COVID, unfortunately. And, uh, but we hit it off on Facebook and, uh, a couple months ago, she sends me a message and was like, I took a DNA test and something's really wrong. And the irony of that whole thing is, is that uh, she welcomed me into the family and she's not biologically part of the family. She was like, how, how crazy is this that you, you pop in and, and I pop out. And so she's not part of the group. Um, and I think can't I can make this stuff up. I even with my niece, my new niece, Nicole, I say, you know, we were talking about timing, the right timing. And I said, I think I went through this first. So now I can walk with her yeah. through this process, you know, yeah. Yeah. of what it's like to find, you know, to find this information out and to, to know what it feels like and to welcome her and, you know, introduce her to other family members yeah. and that type of folks. So. Yeah, I did the same. I did the same with my nephew. And I, and I said the same thing to my wife once I said, I, I think that I have gone through this so I can help him go through this. Um, it, but 
I, I think people people will be shocked before this is over. Everyone will be related to an NP. I am convinced. <laughs> I'm convinced because I'm convinced. so many people that we talk to in the group, there are so many NPs in their family that it can't just be their NPE families and they're not NPE families. I think they're just families that haven't discovered who it is yet. Yeah. I really believe that. Yeah. And then I do some, some clubhouse, um, you know, um, like this where people can come in and talk. And so many times they come in and they're like, well, I did this DNA test and there's some things that are off and I have to, I have learned yeah. to have to control my mouth to go, you know, your dad's yeah. probably not your dad because it's just like, yeah. you know, they're not ready for that. But I'm like, yeah, this is what's going on. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, there, Paulette and I were involved in a conversation on Facebook. It was in a trauma group and someone started down that thread and I, her and I talked behind the scenes. I said, I don't I don't know how to answer this person. I, you know, mm-hmm. I clearly see what's happening. But it, we have to let it. We have to let it uh, develop in its own time. I can't just be the one to, I, because I don't. I don't. I didn't know who she was. I didn't know what kind of support she has. I, I didn't know what what her life looks like. What kind of mental health history she has. She's in a trauma group. I don't know what, and I can't be responsible to just let that cat out of the bag and not not have any type of support or you know, it's um it's a very delicate situation for sure. Uh, all right. So uh, give your, give your clubhouse plug, tell everybody where it's at. Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> you put me on the spot. I'm like trying to think of the, the group right now. All right. And, well, if you uh, think about it, it's, I'll gene- it's gene- genealogy. Um, our club is called genealogy and I do DNA surprises okay. um, once a week. So. Once a week. Uh, is it the same night every week? I, I bounce between Wednesday or Thursday. Okay. I knew it was Thursdays, but I didn't want to say Thursday if you'd moved it right. and confuse everyone. So, um, okay, good. So, um, so if anybody's on Clubhouse and they want to know more or just meet uh, meet Hope, uh, her club is Genealogy on Clubhouse. I don't even know how it works. Yeah, it's it's. A crazy- I, I, I have it on my phone. I, t- I tell you what, I'm start. I, I'm. I never thought I'd be this guy, but I'm starting to be the guy. I don't. I don't want any new apps. I don't. Want, I don't want Facebook to change anything. I'm getting real tired of it. Real tired, right? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said, "Do you know?" You? I said, "No." Pretend that you just handed your grandpa an iPhone, and and walk me through it like a four year old. Don't. Don't. I'm tired of figuring it out. So I have. I have. I have it on my phone. And uh, I need to come join you. You've you've asked me, and and I I've, I've been busy. Um, more need men sharing their stories. Women are, you know, we'll talk to everyone, but men, I don't feel like they, if they hear another man talking, then they'll, they're more likely to speak up. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I agree with that completely. And we need more men. I think I, I meant to get the numbers from Catherine in the Facebook group. Do you know how many, what percentage are men of that 83, 8,400? I would say, I believe there's like 30%. Okay. That's better than I thought. I thought it was like 10 to 20, but I was guessing. I didn't know. Um, If there's 30%, those 30%, uh, only 10% of that 30% are talking because I didn't know there were that many in there. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously we know that number should be more like 50%. So, you know, there should be another uh, one to 2000 
people in there that should be males uh, were certainly underrepresented. But I, I think, you know, I, I wonder what the percentage of Facebook users are men to women. Do you know what that is? I have no clue. I have no clue. But I just know that all of my groups that I run, it's always more women than I have. Even yeah. my date, I have a dating group and it's almost 3,000 people. And I was looking, I think it was like 18 to 19% were men, yeah. the rest were women. Well, how does uh, that work? Yeah, it's not, yeah. It's <laughs> like there should be no single men in this group right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's too funny. So, all right. So, and you are, are you going to the retreat in Arkansas in October? I am not going to the retreat. I, okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, with the, uh, I'm immunocompromised and yes, certainly, yes, I, so I wish I could, but yeah. next year, hopefully. Okay. And you are planning, uh, we talked about this before we started that you were you are trying to plan a uh, an NP group trip. Cruise, yeah. We went. Was it last two thousand and twenty? Is that when no, we went? no, no. It was uh, two I'm years. I'm sorry, that's what nineteen, eighteen, yeah, two thousand eighteen. No, I think it was. I think it was nineteen. Wasn't it two years? I think it was two years ago. I think it July, was, July, yes. It was, uh, actually, I think it was All in right. August. I think it was two years ago last week. Okay. I told you the memory. It's gone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, the only reason I know that is I saw a Facebook memory of you and I standing on the beach trying beach to ticket. light those damn lamps. Yeah. Uh, the wind was blowing. It wouldn't, it wouldn't light or whatever. Light. So. Right. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're talking about doing, um, uh, 2023 cause we're hoping by then all of this COVID will be gone and it'd be safe to get together. Yeah. Yeah. Groups, so. It sounds like so far away, but it'll be here before we know it. Before Time just flying it. by. Yeah. So, okay. Well, is, I hope, is there anything uh, you want to say before we go? Yeah. Oh, just, you know, as I said, that it's not if, it's when that you do a DNA test or you have your information out there that someone will reach out to you and have questions and just be open, um, transparent, just let them know what they need to know. Um, especially uh, the health information, just pass along real quick. Um, I had always had some heart palpitations and heart murmur and things. And I went to my cardiologist and um, she did the ultrasound and saw that I had, I can't remember what it's called, but thickening of one side of my heart. And she's like, well, you don't have high blood pressure and this is usually hereditary. And I was like, well, my mom and dad, you know, this is before I found out, you know, they don't have any heart issues, you know, just high cholesterol. And she's like, no, that's not it. And so she couldn't figure out what, how I got this. And then once I met my biological father, he shared with me that his dad died at 53 of heart failure. His brother died at 53 of heart failure. And he um, was had to have emergency stents put wow. in his heart. And so when I went back and told her that, it put the puzzle pieces together. Right, so, right. 
you know, that everyone keeping that secret from me could have cost me, you know, my life. But, you know, the same thing, it's like share, you know, that's what people need to know. If there's a family history of breast cancer, colon cancer, you know, heart problems, let them know so that they can take the appropriate steps that they need to make. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, I hope, I hope that you are, are (laughs) it sounds like you've taken that seriously and you're taking precautions to to yeah, it's, I know it's much better now than now that she knows good. the medicine to put me on to good. correct it. Yeah. Good, good, good. I, the, the, I found out I, so I had uh, a diagnosis of esophageal precancer and two or three days later, I found out that my, I thought my biological father had died of a heart attack and he did die of a heart attack, but they believe it was complications from his esophageal cancer. And I found out in the same week and it, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to save my life or not, but you, you better believe it got my attention. Mm-hmm. And, and I've, I've thought about it and ever since, and, and so I, I just take it more seriously and that has to have a positive effect. So, and that's just a minor, I mean, it's way different than, than your situation and some other people, some other situations that people are in. So that, but that's a very, very valid point that the family medical history. And I know that, uh, there are some people that are working, uh, for an organization called the right to know, and they were working really hard to get this information available to all of us that we have the right to know who our biological parents are. And medical history is one of the top reasons, uh, for that. And I'm a big advocate. The world's changed. It's changed so much. And there's a lot of more argument that comes behind whether, you, you know, you have adopted parents or in the situation where your father, your dad stepped up. Um, I, I know there's a lot of more argument, but in the end, at some point, everybody has a right to know, especially when they're an adult for the medical history reason. And I firmly believe that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, you have, you have a good relationship with Melvin? I do. I do. He, um, he's, um, Amazing. He's, I'm ADD and um, <laughs> I always wonder where I got that from. And so he laughs now because since meeting him, I'm like, You're, you definitely have ADD. <laughs> and so he was like, yeah, my nephew, you know, my nephew has it. And so we joke about that all the time because he texts me and his texts are like, I'm like, what are you talking about? Because he's all over the place. Then I do that. I start conversations in the middle. And so I'm like, that's where I got that. So just um, seeing those those things, um, we met right away. Um, well, he was he came home in, from Guam in December, and he flew him and his wife flew here to Colorado from Atlanta in January, um, so we can meet for the first time. And uh, I did a cute little had all my friends at that point knew. And I was, I did kind of, it's a girl party. Um, <laughs> and so all my friends came over and, and met him. And, and That's that awesome. I, I think, you know, you've heard me talk enough that I'm, I'm real big on finding 
finding the positives and not from not from a fake standpoint of the you know these gurus are like you should always be happy and i i'm not like that i mean we need to process our emotions but it, at the end of the day someone always has something worse than we do and, and gratitude is rooted in understanding that fact and i am warmed and i hope everyone else here that's listening is by the fact that despite the fact that you lost one daddy that you got another father and I just think, I think that's awesome. I think that's a beautiful fairy tale ending in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I always say that God, um, I didn't have the best mom in the world, but God blessed me with two amazing dads. That's awesome. So, that's awesome. Um, you know. That's a, I'm, that I'm that is a perfect ending to this interview, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it is. Hope you're amazing. I thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I'd like to talk to you some more about, we didn't get to talk about your Congo and Cameroon. Have you done anything with that? Uh, no, I haven't, but well, I'm in a couple different Facebook groups and okay. just trying to figure out, narrow that down to the area. Okay. Um, and well, I, I, I have some insight on that. Do you? Yeah, kind of. Okay. Okay. And I'll, I'll get with you and we'll talk about that. And then, uh, if you do something with it, then we'll have you come back. We'll talk about awesome. it. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Right? Awesome. Well, again, I appreciate it. Appreciate you. And uh, you have a good night and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Thank you. Good All night. Right. Thanks. Good night. Thanks for watching everyone. We appreciate you joining us live. See you in two weeks.